0: Hey, you're about to hear a great word from our teaching team. At Freedom House, we're about equipping you to experience Christ's freedom every day. We would love to connect with you. We stream our live services Sundays at 10:30 and 1215 Eastern Standard Time. You can join us at freedomhouse.cc Live. I hope you enjoyed this message. Well, good evening to everybody here at Freedom House Church. Hey, who's excited to be in church today? Hey, I know that I am so excited to be here for a couple reasons. One, because I feel like I have something really special to share tonight, and I'm super glad to share that. Another reason that I'm excited is because we just had some incredible baptisms that happened. Let's give them a hand right now. That's so cool. Well, if you did not know, my name is Colby Maxwell, and uh, I'm on team here at Freedom House with our student ministries. Any vertical students in the house tonight? Awesome, we actually got a couple running camera today. We got some vertical leaders here in the front row. Vertical runs the place. Vertical knows what's up. Seriously, we, we have a lot of fun. We get in trouble sometimes, but it's okay. Because I'm the pastor's son, right? Is that okay? <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but hey, let me tell you what. I am so glad to be here today. And um, if you did not know, we, we are, this really cool thing here at Freedom House that we call our teaching team. Our teaching team looks like this. We have... Every single one of our campuses, every single one of our services, we have live communicators and live preachers every single weekend, and uh, I have the honor and privilege of being a part of that team, and it's super cool that I get to be a part of that, uh, because, you know, we like to get a little rowdy on Saturday nights, right? Like, we like to have a little bit of fun on Saturday nights. Uh, You guys are the ones who came out last week and braved the hurricane, brave Hurricane Florence, am I right? And we had a whole lot of fun. The only place open last week was Chipotle. And so we filled it up with Freedom House people. It was so much fun. Burritos for Jesus. It was great. It was great. No freak walk for us. No, you're right. You know, something really cool that I love to be a part of. Um, and I, it's really cool for me to even, and I'm sure for you guys as well, to be a part of the, our worship service during, uh, during baptisms. During, during this amazing uh, recognition uh, of someone making a public declaration. Someone deciding once and for all that, man, I'm going to declare to everyone around, I'm gonna declare to my community, I'm gonna declare to my family, I'm gonna declare to to my workplace, I'm going to make it known that I am made free and made known and and made whole in Jesus Christ. And it's super cool to be a part of that on this weekend. And I really think it fits well with, with our whole flip side kind of series that we're in, right? Like we have someone going down as one person, we have someone going down with, with a past full of shame, a past full of guilt, a past full of wrongdoing, and coming up made free in Jesus Christ. And, and I don't know, let's just make one more noise, one last time for all those who got baptized. And let me tell you what, um, it's not too late, you guys, if you want to get baptized, what I would really encourage you to do is we're going to do a couple after service, Um, and actually we had an issue, someone peed in one of the pools, I'm not going to tell you which one, so it's going to be a 50-50 shot for you guys, but I encourage you, it's not about the water, it's about what it means, okay? It's about what it means. I'm just lying to y'all. I'm just lying to y'all. Hey, turn, turn your neighbor right now and just say, "Hey, you really need this. You really need it." Turn to your other neighbor and say, "I don't need it. You do." We're gonna be talking about the flip side today. Talking about the flip side. You know, I'm really fascinated um, with with kind of like the backwards nature of Scripture. Like, like, it, it just, it, it makes me think a lot about sometimes. Like, I look at it, and, and there's a couple of phrases, and there's a couple of statements, and there's stories, and there's pictures, and there's images, and there's a lot of just this crazy stuff that happens in here. And, and something that, that I've found is that God oftentimes hides truth in, in something illogical. God, God oftentimes hides something magnificent and important in in an illogical container, if you will. He hides his shards of truth that he's given to to you and I and something that, that doesn't quite make, it doesn't compute to us and it doesn't make logical sense to our brains. A couple of phrases that you may have heard before that you kind of relate with Christianity or Christians is he who has found his life will lose it and he who has lost his life will find it. Like what? That makes absolutely no sense. Or the next one is in order to be rich, you must be poor. Now, I can tell you what, if we went to our significant other, anyone here, if you're married or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, if you went to, the, to them right now and said, babe, I was playing poker tonight. <laughs> and let me tell you what, this one hand, I lost everything, babe. We've hit the absolute jackpot. It's incredible. We, we've made it. We, we, we are going to be moving away no, what would happen is you would get your house taken away. You wouldn't be able to make your mortgage. Horrible, horrible things would happen. But for some reason, Jesus looks at us and he, in his word, and his truth, he tells us in order to be rich, you gotta be poor. You gotta be poor. And it doesn't make sense to us on our perspective and on our end. And then I read this verse. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 says this. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. We have to learn as a church, as an individual, as a community of believers, we have to learn as Freedom House Church to look at the flip side, to look at the flip side. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, uh, you know, this is probably, I was six or seven years old and... Um, One of my absolute favorite days of the school year, like I would look forward to this day every single year. I mean, it was one of the best days of the year, bar none, was the infamous PJ Day. Any parents know what I'm talking about in here today? PJ Day. I absolutely loved PJ Day. I would look forward to it. The emails would come into my parents. They'd talk to me about it. I mean, PJ Day was one of the highlights of my six-year-old life. I got to wake up in the morning and go to school, and that was it, there was no in-between. i didn't have to put on any clothes, well, I'd have to put on some clothes, I'd put on PJs. I had to go to school, my hair was all messy, and I got to go into my classroom, and my teacher would oftentimes make waffles on this little skillet in front of her, Miss Stanley. She knew what it was about. Like, she was incredible, and PJ Day, I still think about it sometimes, you know? (laughs) Imagine just if your boss looked at you and said, hey, tomorrow, wake up, just come on in. It'd be incredible. This one time, as I was preparing myself for PJ day, I knew the date, and and I woke up in the morning and and I I got got into my PJs uh, and and I, I walked, down to the bus stop, and as I got onto the bus and I sat down, I I looked around. You know, maybe it was just for first graders, right? Like, okay, okay, that guy's, those are jeans. Yeah, sure, I mean, I guess he could sleep in those. Uh, Okay, okay, maybe it's just for first graders. PJ Day is just for first graders. Like, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm all right. And I get to school, and the bus doors open up and I step into the sea of elementary school students and to my disappointment and probably my parents' disappointment as well, I have shown up to school wearing my PJs and it was not PJ day. Now as a parent, can you imagine the humiliation that your child must have felt in the moment? As I looked around at the sea of people, I was standing out, I was different than everybody else. I was at school, but I did not belong there. I was someone who was not supposed to be there. I was the weird kid who you didn't talk to anymore. Like I was the weird dude who wore his PJs to school when it wasn't PJ day. And can I tell you that sometimes I believe that as Christians, We feel the exact same way because we are here on this earth. The doors to life have opened up to us and we step out and we realize there's something that's just a little bit different than everybody else is. We realize that we don't act the same. We realize we don't look the same. We don't talk the same. We don't believe the same. We have hope in situations we're not supposed to have hope in and we show up to this earth dressed in our PJs. Dressed in our PJs. Today, I want to talk about this. In this whole concept of flip side, I want to talk about living in the world. I want to talk about living in the world, coming to school. But here's the thing we're not of the world. We're not of the world. We're there, we're in the world, we're here. But let me tell you what this is not our final destination. This is not where we're ending up. We showed up and we're wearing our PJs. You know, I wanna talk about for the rest of this service, really, what does it look like to live in a world that we're not a part of? What does it look like actually as Christians for us to live that out? And honestly, to learn what it looks like to get a little bit more heaven inside of us while we're here on the earth in the meantime, because we all need a little bit more heaven inside of us. Am I right? Does anybody remember I know that I do because it wasn't that long ago, but any, like if you're married in here or, uh, or you've ever been in a relationship before, does anyone remember like their first ever love? like wave at me if you remember like the first love you ever had like like you, you know what I'm talking about like it got all mushy and it, you're probably like 14, 15, 16 years old. you know like at nine if you're my roommate, that's weird but um, <laughs> you know you don't talk about like like your emotions were running high. I remember. Um, so to preface, like, I grew up as, as, a, as a Christian kid, right? Like, I grew up in a, in, a, in a Christian household. I grew up living as a Christian. I grew up raised with certain beliefs and with certain things that, that went along with me being raised as a Christian. And, and, and one of the things that my parents told me that I grew up believing as a kid that, you know, I look back now and it totally makes sense. I think that happens with a lot of times with kids and their parents, right? I don't know when that age happens when you look back and your parents are like, oh, that was probably good. My mom's like, I'm writing this down that you said this, Colby. She's on the front row right here. But I, I remember my, my, my parents telling me, Colby, we don't want you dating until you're ready. You know, like, like I'm sure all the moms are like, amen, Colby, amen. And your mom's out there today. <laughs> we don't want you dating until you're ready. We don't want you dating until you're ready. And so my mind, this was, this was what I heard. You know, like she said, we don't want you dating until you're ready. I heard you are never allowed to date anybody, right? And uh, in my mind, I was like, well, you know, like when I turn 18, I can do what I want, Mom, you know? I can do whatever I want to. And uh, (laughs) so as a 14, 15-year-old, maybe 16, I don't even remember at this point, uh, I decided that I was gonna take matters into my own hands and I was gonna get me a girlfriend. And so I went to the first thing that I could think of, Facebook. Things have not changed that much, all you millennials out there. Am I right? (laughs) Went on Facebook and started sliding in some DMs. Oh yes, oh yes. And I reeled one in. Got a bite. Invited her to church. Good first move, am I right? Oh, he loves God, oh my gosh. That's so good. She's like 14, you know, I'm like 15. <laughs> and so it began this relationship with this girl outside of my parents' knowledge, right? Like I began this relationship with this girl and, and I started kind of dating this girl. And, and you know that you're, you shouldn't be dating someone when your dates look like you going to Concord Mills. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like if your first date is Concord Mills before it was renovated, like, NASCAR Speed Park is cool, but, like, not for a second date, right? But that's all I had at the time, because I worked there, and I got free tickets, right? So, I would play to my strengths. Played to my strengths. And so, I would (laughs) do loops around Concord Mills Mall with this girl, and outside of my parents' knowledge and all that stuff, and, uh, you know, and, Ultimately ended up, my parents found out about it, you know, talked to them and, and they made me, you know, end in, in things with this girl. And so, uh, you know, obviously their relationship began here at church, should end here at church, right? <laughs> oh yeah, follow me. Called her up. Hey, come meet me in the church lobby Sunday morning. I got something, you know, I gotta share with you. You know, and this is literally 10 minutes before the first service starts. I sit out in the cafe and I look across from this girl and I break up with her right in the church lobby and then say, all right, now I think God's got a word for us. Let's go inside and listen to the sermon. The word was we're done. No, but I really did end things here right in the church. Horrible thing to do. Um, Never break up with someone here at church. Wait until after when you're at Applebee's, seriously. Don't do it here. And as a result of that, I found myself, I'd never experienced this before, mind you, it's my first ever relationship, I found myself the next probably two weeks literally laying face down on my floor in my room playing the saddest music that I could find. <laughs> Y'all are laughing because you know what I'm talking about, your heart's been broken before. You play that album and you know what I'm talking about, that album, and you just keep it on repeat and I would bring my friends over and we'd all lay down and listen to sad music together. It was the saddest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. And we would sit in my room and listen to the saddest music ever and I was getting over this horrible heartbreak of this girl that I had taken a Concord Mills five times and it was horrible. And even my dad came in and was like, hey Colby, I got these backseat tickets to to meet the band at this really cool concert that I know that that, that you love. And I was so heartbroken that I was like, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna see anybody. And I gave up these tickets of this band that's so cool that like I missed meeting the band because I was so heartbroken. My point in saying saying this is this. We have all at one point or another fallen victim to our feelings, right? Whether we are young or whether we are old or somewhere in the middle, we have all been a victim of our feelings. We have all made mistakes from following our feelings. Whether it's relational or whether it's even in our business practice, we have all made the mistake of following what we believed to be true because of our feelings. And so the first thing that I want to look at today in reference of, man, how do I live in the world but not of it, is this. The world tells us to follow your feelings. The world tells us to follow your feelings. Now, this is oftentimes covered in this phrase that we use all the time. And I say we, because I use this all the time. We say this, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Do, Do what your heart is telling you to do. Now, I want us to imagine what that would actually look like. Like, imagine if we actually decided to actually follow what we wanted to do at that time. Like it's 2 a.m., we get home, and the cake is on the counter. And we look at it, we're like, oh no. Let me get a little closer. I'm like, I gotta get something from the fridge. And you know, we open the fridge up. It's still there. And we go over and we circle it a little bit, you know. We open up the cake, and our feelings are telling us to what? Eat that cake. Eat that cake and we look at it and we ultimately succumb to our feelings. Now that's a small example, but if people actually listened to the advice that we told them when we said to follow your feelings, some of us would be convicted murderers because of (laughs) I-77. Get out of my car right now, oh my gosh. I've seen y'all with the bumper stickers you can't hide. Can I? But seriously. We, we, we grow our kids up and we raise them and, and we're like, man, follow your feet, follow what your heart tells you to do. Follow your feelings. Do what you feel. Do what you feel. And can I tell you today that our feelings are not necessarily truth? Our feelings are not necessarily truth. And Along that line of reasoning, you are not your feelings. You are not your feelings. And I know that this may be hard to hear, but I want you to imagine the alternative. There's really no question here. Whether you're a Christian here or, or not tonight, if we actually followed what our heart desired at the moment, we would live in absolute chaos. We would live in absolute chaos. So the world tells us, follow your feelings. But the flip side is this. The flip side is this. We have to filter our feelings. We have to filter our feelings. Yes. Jeremiah seventeen nine says this, and it's not on the screens. I wanna read it to you. The heart is deceitful above all things. I know that's true. And desperately sick. Who can understand it? Who can understand? How am I supposed to follow art heart I don't even understand? How, how can I believe in something that's, that is wishy-washy because I know what I, my, my feelings and my, my thought life is like? And ultimately, in order to live a life that is in the world but not of it, we have to filter our feelings. And, and what can oftentimes happen is we can flip between two extremes, Right? where we say, follow your feelings, dude. Do whatever you feel at the moment. Do what you feel is right. And then, I think a lot of times, Christians on the other side, we, we, we try to tell people that their feelings aren't real, or, or that they're not valid, or they're not, they're not there, or you need to ignore your feelings, or, or there's, there's nothing of substance in your feeling. Well, let me tell you what, if you ignore your feelings and you're feeling hungry, you gonna die. Right, give it about, what, two weeks, three weeks, you gonna be feeling something. Our feelings are there for a reason. Our feelings, our, they're, they're real, they're valid, and they show us something about ourself. I would even go as far as to say that, that we would lose the ability to love if we, don't, if we lose our feeling, we lose our capacity to love. But ultimately, we, we can't pick an extreme. We can't say, I will only follow my feelings and I will, only, I will never listen to my feelings ever again. We have to find somewhere in the middle. And where we agree on where that line is is ultimately this. We have to filter our feelings through Scripture. We have to filter our feelings through Scripture. And even from a secular perspective, we already kind of do this. The reason you don't kill someone when you feel like it is because somewhere inside of us we believe that it's wrong. And we filter the emotion we experience through our belief and out of that belief is produced an action. And so in order to produce the correct action, we have to understand what the correct filter is. And the only correct filter that has been proven time and time again that we actually live by as a government and a society is a filter based on biblical principle. Sound good? Takes out the bad. Second one is this, and this is my last one. And it uh, kind of involves, you know, like, like my first one, uh, how to live in the world, but not live of it, and it's, <laughs> I'll tell you this before I even put it up on the screens. When I, I was sitting there, I was actually studying yesterday, and I was sitting there, and, and I was sitting in my notes, and I was like, man, I was having like massive like, mental block when I was trying to write this, you know? I was like, man, I got my first one. I can talk about feelings all day. Like, cool, got that one. Um, God, waiting on that revelation, you know, like, come on, give it to me. You know, praying, nothing's happening, right? And I, I, I find myself, I'm like, man, what is like something that we believe is a culture that we repeat to ourselves and repeat to our kids over and over again, like the first one? And, and this phrase pops into my head, and I was like, no, that's a good phrase. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Then I began to think about it. And I said, hmm, did my culture give this to me, or is this actually what God teaches And the second one I wanna talk about today is the world says this, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. I know you're probably like, I don't like that. And I didn't like it either when I first heard it. I was like, that's not from me. And as I looked at it more, it sounds really nice, right? Like it sounds really good, like you gotta believe in yourself, you gotta pull yourself up from from your bootstraps, you gotta rely on yourself, you gotta depend on yourself, You you gotta know what's up, you gotta know what's going on. And then I look back and funny enough, uh, I think that we can oftentimes take things from our culture and think they're scriptural, when in reality, they're not. And I looked back upon the very first story that's ever told in the Bible. And the reason that we have sin today in the world is not because someone ate an apple. The reason that humanity fell was because we believed in ourself. Wow. We believe in ourselves, And we teach our kids this. Believe in yourself, little Jimmy. Go accomplish what you need. Go believe in yourself. And I know what you're saying, like, like, Colby, that doesn't, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, I don't like that. It doesn't feel good. But can I tell you that Believing in yourself, at least from what I've read and what I have studied and from what I believe God is telling me, is actually the opposite of the gospel. Since when did God say, go ahead and take matters into your own hands, Colby? When did God say, hey, you know what? You're good enough to do this. Why don't you work your way to that? And I found myself convicted because I preach on that all the time to students. (laughs) You just got to believe in yourself. You just got to believe and it'll happen. Really? Really? So if I just believe in myself more, then God's will is going to be done through my life? And I was preaching humanism. I was preaching an Americanized version of the gospel that was based upon individualism, not on dependency. I was preaching on how to believe in yourself. And can I tell you today that if that was the way that God intended it, it would have worked by now. <laughs> if believing in ourselves was the answer, it should have worked by now. But from what I can see, our technology increases, but our morality decreases. And I just look at the scriptures and I say, that is not the way God intended it to be. And the flip side is this. The flip side is this. We have to surrender to God. We have to surrender to God. Believe in myself. No, 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 no. That's not the Jesus that I know. And that's not the gospel that I read. Because I feel like it really would have worked by now. Proverbs 3, five to six says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Believe in yourself? No. We gotta trust in God. We gotta surrender our will to God. We gotta surrender our, our beliefs to God. But we gotta surrender our understanding to God. I've been on some windy paths and I sure would love God to make them straight. And maybe it's because I try to take matters into my own hands by believing in myself. You know, I, uh, I'm the youth leader here at church. I'm the director of student ministries and. What that means is every single Sunday, I have the amazing privilege and opportunity to preach to anywhere between 120 to at some points, we've had six, to 700 students in this room every week. And it's incredible, I absolutely love it. And I just started doing this in January and it's been crazy and it's been wild and it's been so fun and it's been wild and it's, and it's been wild. Y'all know it's your kids. They don't change when they get here, they get worse. And I found this principle of believing in myself making its way into my ministry. Where I would say, man, like, what? Like, these students that, that I'm leading, like, like, I just gotta, I just gotta, I gotta try harder. I remember one time I got up on the platform and people were just super distracted and it like, it like messed me up on the inside. I was like, "Why? Like, like, I am responsible for these kids. Why are they not listening to me? Their eternities are at stake right now. Why won't they listen to me? And it, I mean, it would give me some stress, y'all. Like, like what, if, what if one of these kids walks out vertical today and they encounter their eternity. And, and, and my best thing that I could do was have them distracted in a room for an hour and a half. And then it tore me up on the inside. And, and then I realized that the reason I think that it messed me up on the inside was because I started with the wrong foundation. I came in and I thought that my leadership was the thing that would bring them to God. Even more so than that, I thought that they were my students to begin with. And the only way that I could ultimately relieve myself of this horrible burden was to recognize that I wasn't intended to carry it. Only way I could do it was just surrender my students to God. And I wonder too, maybe parents in here today and your kids are causing you some stress and you're really concerned about their eternal path. Maybe it's, I don't wanna say it's parenting, but I do wanna say this the belief that that somehow we play a part in their salvation. It can maybe point them in the right direction, but ultimately it's up to God. Believing in myself, I'm done with that. I'm letting that go. I have to surrender it to God. I can't pull myself up by my own bootstraps anymore, mostly because I'm wearing Chelsea's and they don't have any laces. We gotta surrender to God. In the world, but not of it. Following your heart and believing in yourself, two American staples. Is that what God intended for us? Like a pilgrim on a journey. Can I tell you today that we're just passing through? We're just passing through. And our life ultimately does not end here on this earth. There is a flip side to a reality and ultimately our eternity. And here's the thing that gets me. Jesus is the ultimate representation of the flip side. Remember how I talked about in the beginning how God oftentimes hides truth in illogical containers? I mean, what about a baby in a manger? The essence of truth came in what container? Truth itself came in what form? The the culmination of humanity's perfection. Slept next to a cow. And ultimately I find myself thankful that God uses illogical things to spread his word. Otherwise I probably wouldn't be up here. God uses the foolish to shame the wise and I'm thankful for that because he chose me and he chose you he chose every single one of us hiding truth in every single one of you in some weird illogical container and the flip side of our reality now looks like an eternity spent in heaven with him surrendered to God born of this earth yes Jesus was but not of it he was in the world but he was not of it and we can partake in that today not through believing in ourselves or trying harder or coming to church more often or praying harder No, it comes through the acceptance of some weird piece of illogical truth in some weird container. And it looks like surrendering to God. So today, if you're like, man, Colby, that doesn't make sense, then probably achieved my purpose, right? (laughs) But if you're like, man, Colby, I I wanna engage in whatever you're talking about right now. What it looks like is this is entering into a loving relationship with a creator who cares for you. One who cares enough to send his son, Jesus Christ, upon this earth, humanity's savior came in a manger. And we can begin that journey as sojourners on this earth. Pilgrims, if you will. On life's great pilgrimage, ending in the holy sights of heaven one day. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, what I would encourage you to do is, if you're a Christian in here, then I would love for you to pray for those in here who are not. But maybe you find yourself in a situation where your past is too much, where where the things of your past have a grip hold on you, where the shame you've experienced is overwhelming where you've tried believing in yourself and depression comes back. You've tried believing in yourself and the marriage is still dividing. You've tried believing in yourself and your kids are still walking away from the, whatever it looks like. Believing in yourself will not get you there. It takes belief in something greater. And today if you say, Colby, I wanna believe in whatever that is. I'm gonna count to three, and I'd love for you to raise your hand. And there's nothing powerful about you raising your hand besides the fact that that is your declaration to the world saying, I believe. I leave my shame in the past. I leave my guilt in the past. I I leave my beliefs in the past. I step forward out of faith and into my future. If you are not a Christian in here today, or you find yourself far from God, are you ready to believe? One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. There's a couple of hands across the room. Thank you. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm simply gonna do this. I'm going to pray and you don't have to repeat after me or anything like that. But if that was you, you made that decision, I would encourage you right now to put your hand on your heart and accept this prayer and and believe in that relationship with Jesus Christ. God, thank you so much for sending your son here to this earth. Thank you for sending humanity's savior in a manger. And because of that, we can encounter the flip side of eternity spent with you, Jesus. We thank you for your love in our life. We thank you for being made free and made new. We leave our wrongdoing, we leave our sin, we leave our shame behind us. We refuse to simply believe in ourselves or try harder in this world anymore, God. And we surrender it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe. And hey, if you want to find out more about our church or how you can be a part, go to freedomhouse.cc.